Greetings, travelers. Welcome back to the end of the Seven Dice. Oh, it's been a while since I've seen you. It feels like, like a month at least to me. I got some renovations done after those cultists had hung out here for a while. You know, uh, when we were stuck out in the woods, it was. It took us a while. They added some weird secret doors and traps and all sorts of weird, stupid stuff. Wingover still humming this song that he's fairly certain they left for him. You know, something about a trash bag or something. I don't, I don't know. Oh, but I am just, I'm glad to see you again, travelers. Why don't you hop on over? Wingover's all ready and geared up to tell this story. Oh, greetings there, travelers. It's me, Wingover Gimbal, famous name, Bound. I'm so glad you could be here. Oh, I've been itching to get back into this tale. Must have been a while, you know, you're all sitting there, there's no stories coming to you from the Inn of the Seven Dice, just must have been kind of lonely. But don't worry, old Wingover's here, he's got some stories to tell you. We even got some uh, fan mail. Let's see here, oh, I'm excited. It's been like a month for me, travelers, I haven't really been around much. I mean, like, I was here while we were doing renovations, I was getting them to set up this hammock for me because I wanted to try hammock living. Because I've seen it in this, uh, this gnome magazine, but I don't know. Oh, here we go. Horrific storytelling. Five stars. If what you want is a story that you can get immersed in, with characters you can fall in love with, an A-plus audio production, Ballad is the show for you. I can't stress how amazing these folks are. And that's from Andrew of Chasm Quest. He's the DM. That's a lovely bardic group. You all should be sure to check out, Travelers, if you, you enjoy a great high fantasy tale with friendship, a uh, punch full of action. That's how they describe things, right? Punch full of action. And some lovely new lands to travel in. And Travelers, be sure to stick around at the end because we have a special promo from Tales of the Voidfarer. It's a spell jammer. Oh, like the spaceships. It's a, like a normal ship, but they sail through space with magic. They go really fast. But it, it's a spell jammer uh, tale where these people are traveling through space and looking into strange ancient civilizations. Travelers, that's pretty interesting. You should definitely give it a listen. But stick around to the end to hear a promo from them. Alrighty. Let's see. Ow. What are you doing here? Michael, did you let him in? I swear, I did not see him. I don't know where he came from. <sighs> hey, Trent. Greeting, Wingover and Michael. It is me, Trent. I heard you renovated the place, so BattleBards.com sent me, you know, the Bardic College I'm in. Yeah, we know, Trent. We saw you like a month ago. Oh my god, why is he here? Alright, okay, um, so you're gonna be doing sound effects for us today? Yes. Cool. Cool, 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 cool. Okay, yeah, all right. Um, 
Do you have to give a spiel or Come on down to BattleBards.com where you can get amazing sound effects. Okay, sweet. Like uh. fireballs or an ice storm. Really dig into those evocation wizards. You good? Alright, so anyway. Thank you. God damn it! Alright, alright, whenever you're in a happy place, happy place, flying kittens, boop boo boo boo. Sorry, Trent, I've just been stressed because I had this song in my head all day. That's alright, Wingover. You're always on edge. Probably because an organization is constantly trying to kill me, Trent. And my feud with BattleBots. But that's aside from the point. Uh, Travelers, sorry you had to see that, but, um... Yes. Where were we? When we last left off, our heroes had just finished up a quite a gruesome battle, I must say. And uh, now they're getting ready to really explore this spooky cavern cult area. So why don't we just go ahead and jump on in there? I bring you that which lurks in the deep, part three. Hey, I'm Brent, and I'm playing Kalsar, the Tiefling Paladin, and Chosen of Yetifa. Hi, uh, I'm Humberto, and I'm playing Bordon, Dwarven Cleric and Chosen of Time. I'm Evan, and I'm playing Ronnie, the Half-Elf Bard and Chosen of Chaos. Hey, I'm Robert, and I'm playing MZ, the Gith Yankee Ranger, and Chosen of Hey, I'm Jason, and I'll be playing Draxir, the Dragonborn Artificer, and Chosen of Machines. Previously on Battle of the Seven Dice, our heroes had just descended into this strange pit and fought quite a number of cultists, actually. They realized that these cultists were actually wearing blue robes instead of red, and they all had fish hooks around their necks instead of the usual symbol of the Shining God. And you had utilized a death blender to destroy a lot of these cultists. And looking around, you see there is a lot of corpses going in this tunnel that slopes downwards. 
these giant stone spikes are slowly fading back into the ground as this noxious gas evaporates. And you also see, aside from the tunnel going further down, there is a door to your left and a door to your right. I'm going in, I'm going in the left door. Was Bordon's, like, raised water level thing receded? I take it it would have, but... No, 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 it's like ten minutes. Oh, ten minutes? It's still going then, for sure. Yeah. But but I can just lower it if I want. That's the thing. Like, I control that water. You do still hear the sounds of the whirlpool, and every so often you hear a scream echo out. So I think we should just wait for, like, the screams to end. <laughs> you know, and then we should proceed. <laughs> just do a couple pulses. I want that on a wooden plaque <laughs> in Umberto's house. It just says, I think we should wait for the screams to end, dash Boridon. Oh my god. Yeah, we could take the left one. I'm not adverse to that. So we should check for uh, for traps, right? Uh, I mean, none of us is like a rogue, so I don't know if anyone has any. Uh, back in 3.5, it used to be pretty rogue-heavy that only they could search for traps, but in this edition, pretty much everyone can make an investigation check to try to find a trap. I guess it was like they wanted to take away the handicap to a party that doesn't have a rogue, is the idea. Oh, is it just part of investigation? I mean, it may be harder, but you can still find, I don't know, like that... I don't know, like that nylon? You know, I, I don't know if that's the right name for it. You know, like, I don't know, a cord that it would trip... Yeah, exactly. Like, the odd person could just, like, sit down in front of a door and be like, oh, here's a little hidden switch or a wire, but it might take a keener yeah. eye to see, like, oh, this trap is actually yeah. right under here or in the door handle. So, do you want to try, MZ? Okay. Okay, so, uh, left door? Yeah, okay. My my first roll on my new <laughs> tray was a one. I love it. Honestly, <laughs> MZ, this door is just a door. It's just a door. Okay, I'll go. I'll open it. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, Dragster, as you're about to look, MZ just opens on up the door, and it's fine. It doesn't seem like there's any issues. Thank God. Told you. <laughs> as you look into this room, uh, the scent of mold just hits you heavy, and you look. There's a few like really musty beds just scattered about in here. And there's some trunks near the foot of these beds. You see at the other end of the room, there is a set of double doors. And there's like a you know a couple nightstands, things like that. It looks like whoever lives here honestly doesn't care about the mess or the mold. Double door, like the guy from Harry Potter? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, double door, the archmage door. I just tell like the group that whenever like used to, I don't know, sleep here probably disgusting Uh, how could anybody actually stay here yeah you at least see there's about six beds in here i got a 14 for looking for traps on this door you do notice a little cord is actually leading through the doors and it's tied to the handle oh okay i'll point that out this door is trapped and i i don't know how to disarm it i'd say slight a hand you want me to do it okay I'm going to step back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's very wise, actually. Yeah, 22. Ooh. So you see Ronnie crouch down, and ever so gently, he cuts this wire. And he has the other hand, the other partner's other hand, and 
He's just slowly feeding it through the door. And because all of you are holding your breath and just anticipating this going off, you hear the smallest of dings. This must have been hitting a bell or some kind of alarm on the other side. Well, there's probably no one to have answered this alarm anyway. (laughs) What's everyone's passive perception? 16. 13. Oh, it's your wisdom. Okay, sorry, so 11. Yeah, so mine is 14. So while you all let out a sigh of relief as Ronnie figures out like this little contraption with the door, MZ, you hear a wrestling from above you. From above us. MZ, what do you do? I hear a rest uh, from above us. What is on the ceiling? Can I look? So, Emzy, your eyes slowly go up, and you see eight eyes just split up into two different spots in this room looking at you. You see these octopus or squid-looking things. They're all black, hanging on the ceiling. One's directly above Bordon, and one's directly above Ronnie. And just as you're about to breathe in, they both drop off down to their intended targets. You have one bonus action, Enzi. What do you do? Oh, push Ronnie out of the way. My hero. Burdon will remember this. (laughs) (laughs) I can't get to you. Look at where you are. I can't get to you. Domino. (laughs) Strike! (laughs) I'll I'll shout at Burdon. And I'll say above you as I <laughs> as I push Ronnie so that it doesn't land on him. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right, Bordon, I'll give you a dexterity saving throw because what NZ did for you. Oh yeah, with my yeah dwarven head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. You're like pistons. So I'll oh, have plus one. Let's do this. Let's do this. Legs fourteen. It's come on, Lucas. Right. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Actually, twenty-seven. I'm the healer. Come on. <laughs> no. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you're fine. And uh, okay, so Emzy, you rush and you tackle right into Ronnie. And Ronnie, as you are flying backwards with Emzy, you look as this creature falls directly where you were. And Bordon, when you hear this shout, you don't even look up. You just jump, and this creature lands right behind you, and you land on this bed. And it is gross. You know that smell of, like, towels that are balled up in the corner, and they're all wet, and they're just left there after a shower? Yeah, that's what this is like. And I need initiative from everyone. Got a 19. 10. Oh, I got a 20. Whoa. Ha! 21. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> that never happens. That's happened like three times in this goddamn podcast. Your one chance. <laughs> so I hate Ronnie. <laughs> so Ronnie, you see these weird two tentacle beings in front of you. So I see, I see them now. They're not invisible. Yeah, they were on the ceiling before. Like more camouflaged, right? Yeah. Oh, there was covered darkness? Okay. This is a dark mantle, isn't it? Yeah, it is. How do you know all those monsters? It's because Robert's been playing this game for as long as I have. So, that's why. (laughs) He's also had these monsters come after him before. Yeah. Oh, it makes sense. Okay, uh, um... Let's see, I don't have a ton of spells left. We... Did we rest? Uh, no. 
<laughs> you all created Death Blender, and this is like a few minutes after. Okay. I'm going to try and blind one of them by throwing oh the dirty God. sheets on top of it. Nice. It has like eight eyes. Well, I'm going to cover them all. It's a big blanket. Why don't you go ahead and roll me uh, just arranged? Oh, wait, actually, can I use the bottom sheet so it kind of clings around the bottom, too? First off, I don't even know how much elasticity <laughs> these things would even have. <laughs> Never mind the fact that I doubt they have elastic bed sheets in this day and age. It's probably just a blank. Uh, 16. Sweet. So you toss this dirty, dirty sheet onto this creature, and it wraps up in it pretty quickly, because it like has to use these little tentacles and stuff to move around, and it's spinning around quite a bit. So it just gets into a tangled up mess in front of you. And then it goes over to Bordon, who almost had first. Oh, wait, sorry. Uh, Lucas, before, I guess before my turn ends, I'm going to give Bordon um, uh, inspiration. Professionals. <laughs> like I said. Well, it's, I think it's Hadouken then. Yeah, no, go for it. I'm eventually running out of like spells altogether, so I won't be able to heal anyone, but hey, come on. That's not what Death Shift's about. Yeah, it's not about healing. It's about damaging. 21. That hits. 16. So you hold out your hand, and this light starts appearing as you grip onto your amulet. This light fires off of this creature. It looks up at it before it just explodes. Ugh. It explodes onto you, onto Utrecht, onto Draxir, a little bit onto Ronnie and MZ. Like, it is just everywhere. And you all just hear this loud boom as it hits. Ugh. This creature probably wasn't like very strong. <laughs> Wasting your spell slots. Yeah. <laughs> Killing the goddamn pets. Alright, so from Bordon, it goes to Drax here. I gotta instruct Uhtred to, like, bite this thing. Roll a hit. It is in a sheet, so you got advantage. It's a 17 to hit. That's a hit. It'll do 8 damage, and that's piercing. So Uhtred launches forward and bites into this creature, and this black, inky blood comes out, and the creature's just screaming. You want to toss a couple of trident shots at it. Do it up. So that's a 23 to hit and a 16 to hit. That hits. Six piercing and three lightning, four piercing and two lightning. So you hurl your trident and it sails through the air, stabbing into this creature. It has one last squeal before it just stops moving and your uh, trident comes sailing right back into your hand. And you are out of initiative. And so looking around, you see there is this creature splattered all over, the other one dead in the sheet, and just a number of beds. There's some chests it looks like they've been using for, like, dressers, and the double doors that you disabled the bell trap off of. So are these sheets, like, so dirty that if I use them to wipe the guts off me, I just get even dirtier? Nah, like, the guts are grosser for sure. I'm going to wipe myself off with the sheets. Yeah, it's like a lesser evil, right? <laughs> so you just wipe all these guts off and toss the sheet off to the side. Yeah. I will uh, open this door since it's disarmed. You open up this door and everyone is hit with this overwhelming odor of fecal matter and decay. <laughs> everyone make me constitution saving throws. 
got a 17. 20. Ha, <laughs> 6. So I got 6 too. So Bordon and Ronnie, you are sickened. Look at you two, just a pair. <laughs> Cash to the hip. Yeah, you are. So you two are just disgusted by this smell. Drax here and Enzi don't even seem phased by it. Whereas you two, you can come from a little bit more civilized living and your <laughs> stomachs are just turning. Right now, you have disadvantage on all rolls that require really like strenuous, like climbing or swinging a weapon. Ugh. As you all look into this room, it is just a wall of darkness. You're all using dark vision, but you can't see at all in here. You can hear low moans coming from inside there, the dripping of water. You can hear the soft flapping of wings somewhere in this darkness. And since you can all cast spells, because this is 5e, uh, you can make me an arcana check if you want to figure out what's going on. Sure. Got a 21 altogether. 13. I got a 1. Oh, 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 it's magic. (laughs) I got 21. Bordon, it's dark in there. It's crazy. (laughs) Okay. rest of you can tell that this is magical darkness, and those of you who got above a 15 can tell this is the spell darkness, but somebody put some kind of effect on this to make it continuous. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm gonna cast uh, Dispel Magic. So, Ronnie, as you cast this spell and this static goes through this area, dispelling the magical darkness, suddenly this room is lit up by these torches along the walls with this green glowing moss. You see that there is a number of people with this ramp leading down into this pit that's surrounded by barbed wire. They're all sitting there in this pit looking up. You have people who look like they're from nobility, some who are merchants, some of working class, some of poor, just all classes are down there. And when they see you, when it lights up, suddenly there's hope in their eyes. Finally, someone is here to save them. And you look around the rest of this room, there's a door on the other side, there's these torches. But then the beating of the wings makes sense. You see three creatures. Creatures that are just like the ones that you saw with those caravans when you were traveling with Opus, the ones that landed on the roof when Ronnie was sneaking in, you see three Nightgons that are flapping their wings facing towards you. Their tails are lashing about from side to side. Their horns are pointing straight up in the air as their black wings beat this air, keeping them aloft. They have these long claws that are glistening in the light, and they seem like they're starting to flap towards you. I need everyone to roll me initiative. I got a 17, and so did Jason, but he goes before me. Yeah, we tied. 14. Mine was 7. Again. There it is. That's the board on we know and love. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I've ever really rolled well as a DM... My last initiative was a six, and this one is a four. Ha-ha! I'm still faster. Oh, they got a plus six. Sorry about that. 
we start off this fight with Draxir. So Draxir, you see these three winged faceless creatures that are all flying around this pit in the center of the room. They're making these strange shrill calling noises. Okay. Uh, can I tell if the pit's real deep or is it, would it be hard to tell from where we're standing? There's a ramp leading down, but it looks like it's about 10 feet deep and you see about 15 people inside of there. Okay. I'm going to try to get Uhtred to bite that closest night gaunt there. Right, so Uhtred's going to run to the side of the pit and bite the night gaunt? Yeah. That is a 22 to hit. That's a hit. Because oh, if it didn't, I would just leave this room. Like, right away. <laughs> <laughs> 10 piercing damage. So Uhtred bounds across this rocky landscape and leaps up into the air, biting into this night gaunt. This putrid yellow blood is flowing down. You all haven't seen this blood since you faced off some of those creatures in New Dawn, but now Uhtred is just latched on and jumps off onto the side of the pit. And Draxir, it is your go. I'm actually going to run up and flank this thing and take a couple of mighty stabs with my trident. Okay. One's a 25 and one's a 24 to hit. Well, shit, you hit. <laughs> Eight piercing and two lightning. Okay. On the first and four piercing and five lightning on the second. So lightning crackles across your trident as you stab twice into this creature. It shrieks out. you're flanking it with Uhtred, and then it goes to MZ. So Borodon and Ronnie both have disadvantage for this fight? Like the whole fight? It's if they do physical attacks. So if Ronnie tries to stab something or Borodon tries to swing his hammer, then that's a problem, or if it's like a touch attack. But if it's like casting from a distance, then it's fine. Okay. I want to help them, but I also want to get in there and help Jason. So, for now, I'm going to move up to this guy. The one that Jason's attacking? Yeah, and I will uh, attack it. First attack is a 16. 16 is a miss. Okay, uh, 19 on the dice, so my second one's a hit. That's a hit, yeah. So, 15 points of damage. So your first blade comes swinging in, but it bats it to the side with its tail, but then you stab right in with your second blade almost immediately, and it shrieks out in pain, but it's still up. And then it goes to Ronnie. I used up all my shit here. I'm going to use invisibility and uh, just going to try and get it behind some of these things, so... Okay. I mean... They don't have eyes. How do you know what's the behind? Well, it's probably the side that's like not facing either MZ or Drax here. Okay, good luck. But I won't be able to attack this turn. So. Okay, that's it. So Ronnie, you lurch forward not feeling well, and this invisibility spell goes over you as you start heading towards the night gone. And the other two sort of shriek at each other as they move into this formation where one is on the other side of Uhtred and the other is on the other side of Drax here, creating like this kind of pincer in a two-way. And this one's going for Uhtred. Can't roll bad twice, Lucas. 
There it is, an eight and a four. That's a miss. Oh, <laughs> uh, wait, they got two attacks each. Uh, one's a 16, does that hit? 16 would hit. So this creature just slashes into Uhtred for 14 points of damage. This thing is just slamming into Uhtred and trying to lift it off the ground. I need an athletics check from Uhtred. Uh, that's an eight for the athletics check. So this creature lifts Uhtred into the air, and Uhtred's mechanical legs are just flailing about. And the other one is coming in for Emzy, but it has disadvantage. My AC is a 15. Alright, so that's one hit and one miss. So, Enzi, this creature comes in at you, slashing across your chest. You feel your blood start to flow out. And then the other attack comes in, but it's really thrown off its game by Uhtred, so its swing comes in really wide, and you manage to duck out of the way. And the other one is coming for you, Drexir. Oh. Wow. Shit. I rolled two ones. Oh so the creature God. exploded, so... Pretty yeah. much. <laughs> that's like a <laughs> 1 in 400 chance, so that's rad. Uh, oh, well. <laughs> well. Like we do for critical misses, uh, Jason, roll me some percentile. Okay. This is 95%. <laughs> God oh damn God. it. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Jesus. Well... This creature comes sailing at you, Draxir, and you see it. And so you quickly duck out of the way as its clawed hand comes down. And it has so much momentum it can't stop as it misses you. And it rips the head off of the other Nightgaunt that's in between you and Emzy. And the head just goes flying as it slams into its other companion. And they hit the ground and Uhtred's in that mess. And now there's just a big pile of fail. Down, 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 Pretty much. That's been this whole goddamn arc, okay? Like, goddamn. All right, well, so these people are all cheering, like, woo, yeah! Oh my goodness. And they're all just so happy. There's so much hope in their eyes as these heroes have come to save them. And, Bordon, you hear all these shenanigans. That's the only word to describe it. And it is your go. Okay, so... One, like you said, one is dead. Yeah, one's missing its head, and it's just laying on the floor. So, which one of those creatures, like, looked the most beaten? They look both fine. They just tumble down to the ground with Uhtred, and Uhtred's trying to right itself. Mm. I think I'll just use uh, Sacred Flame, then. Oh, hold up. So, I learned that we're doing Sacred Flame wrong, which is fun because it's been two years. Oh. Uh, so apparently this creature needs to make a constitution saving throw. They what? Yeah, apparently. Right, Sacred Flame? Or take... Oh. Yeah, and we've been doing it as an attack roll. So whichever way you want to do it moving forward, uh, completely up to you. That's so sad, though. You know, let's just keep doing it as an attack roll for now. Uh, you got plus seven. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> okay, let me just roll... The not-so-sacred flame. <laughs> the mostly sacred flame. 20. All right, that's a hit. Oh, so I got 14 in total. Damn. Okay, so you just lob this ball. You just do this overhand throw as this fire just rips through the air, slamming into this creature's face as it gets back up and it shrieks and falls back down. And it goes to Drexier. 
Alright, well, Uhtred's gonna bite that close one because he's really mad at him for uh, grabbing him. That's fair. Oh, uh, that's a crit. <laughs> Damn. Okay, roll percentile. 32%. Alright, roll that extra die. Okay, so, like, double max damage or double the roll? So remember, the first die is maxed out and the second one is rolled like normal. Be 17 piercing damage. And then I'm gonna throw a couple of tridents at that guy. Be gone, foul beast. 22 to hit. And a... That's a hit. Oh, God. 25 to hit. Whoa. <laughs> I'd really need to make things stronger. So the first one is... Okay, I rolled low on the damage, thankfully. <laughs> uh, four piercing and one lightning. Okay. And the second, eight piercing and one lightning. Damn, so this one's having a rough day. First it has Bordon just do this baseball pitch of flame to its face. <laughs> then Uhtred just salves out, ripping it up, and you do this hit after hit with your trident. <laughs> So these creatures are both on the ground, one's looking real rough, and it goes over to MZ. Okay. If I use my ability Misty Step to go, like, right here, is that my turn, or am I still able to attack? The casting time is one bonus action, so I think he would be able to do that and still attack. Okay, then, yeah, you're good. Okay. It's a bonus action. You have advantage because it's on the ground. I miss on both of them. Oh my goodness. So, MZ, you turn into mist. Suddenly, your misty self, it goes all the way over to where the Nikons are in this weird pile of fail. Your blades of blood come out of your hands as you bring them down in rapid succession, but these Nikons just keep rolling out of the way and using their tail to deflect your attacks. <laughs> And then it goes over to Ronnie, who is invisible, standing by Draxir, looking at all this. Yeah, I'm gonna. I guess I'll try and get behind that. Uh, can I leap? I guess I'd have to like leap over him or something. You're invisible, so if you want to try to pass through the squares, I would let you roll stealth. Just sneak past him. Yeah, because you want to get to where MZ is, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Roll me a stealth check with advantage because you're invisible. It's the Invisible Man. Oh, the movie's coming out. 24. Shit. Yep. So you start dancing through this area. You just really feel good lately. Like, you're you're starting to get back to the old Ronnie, and you get your way beside MZ just gracefully. Yeah, and uh, I guess I'll just kind of poke it with a rapier or something. Okay, so since you have disadvantage from being sickened, but you have advantage from being invisible, you would just roll normally. Okie okay, dokie. Okay. And this is the one that's pretty messed up. Oh, fuck me. Yeah, 10. So you go to lunge for this creature, but you just suddenly dry heave, and it just throws you off. As MZ, right beside you, Ronnie suddenly materializes as you hear this clang of his rapier hitting the ground. Uh, but Lucas, mm -hmm. my, uh... Vomit should still be invisible. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> if you vomited, it's definitely still invisible. <laughs> okay. And, Bordon, remember, you still have uh, Bardic Inspiration from Ronnie, so remember to use that. Oh, yeah, that's true. Oh, do I have to use them? 
I think we've been doing an inspiration wrong too. Because I think it's not at advantage. It's a D8 that you add to your roll. Yeah. I don't know if we've actually been doing it. Yeah, there's Bardic Inspiration, which Ronnie can give, and there is Normal Inspiration, which I should be yeah. handing out way more. But uh, don't worry, I will be giving you guys some, especially after that blender. You batter. <laughs> yeah, you all work together so well, I can't not give you inspiration. Alright, so it is their turn first, so they get up off the ground, and one of them goes for Ronnie, and it's a swing and a miss with both of these claws. And the other one is going for MZ and god damn, I just can't roll with these dice. These are supposed to be my good dice. These are my <laughs> DM dice. My last turn I rolled like four twos. Yeah, something's going on today. Some weird dice magic. Um, but yeah, these creatures are just flailing wildly at you. And you're not sure if it's because they're panicked. It's really hard to tell since they have no face. Uh, they are just swinging like a mess. And uh, it goes to Bordon. So Bordon, you see there is one that's looking at Ronnie, and it is really messed up. And the other one looks relatively untouched. And the people are still cheering from their pit. Okay. So just for the sake of it, I just would like to say that I'd rather have a Sacred Flame, like the creatures, to actually have, you know, have to roll, the, like, the saving throw. Sure. Because on the 11th, it's 3d8. And on the 17th, it's 48 for free. So no matter what, you be doing damage kind of thing. Every Yeah, so I'll just be, you know, like a, a losing cannon. So I'd rather to have that, you know, properly. Because I'm quite sure I didn't use, like, Sacred Flame as much. I've been swinging my hammer, like, left and right for, for quite some time, so... Yeah, we could totally switch that up because we were doing it wrong, so that is no problem at all. So I'll just use Sacred Flame again. Alrighty, so the creature rolls to resist, and it does not. <laughs> so I don't have to, to hit? No, uh, you just roll your damage. Seriously? I've been rolling, like, to hit for quite some time. Listen, we didn't know. We only had books to tell us. <laughs> so that's a nine. So you just charge up this ball of energy, and you hurl it. And the creature turns to look at where this energy is coming from, and it just slams it on the face, and its head explodes as its body just collapses down to the ground. And the other one is looking just real freaked out. Even though it doesn't have a face, you're just picking up from body language. Like, it's it's going to bounce. And it goes to Draxir. Utra's going to mow down on this one, too. Roll to hit. That's a 15 to hit. That's a miss. All right, I'm going to go for the throw. One's a three and one's a crit. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, roll them percentile. Oh my god, ninety-six percent. So it also exploded. Everything's exploding. All right. <laughs> so you take your trident and you hurl it, and the creature dodges out of the way and it clangs off of the metal behind it. <laughs> sailing back and you jump up and you start doing this spin catching the trident in the air and whipping it back with more momentum and it goes sailing the creature didn't expect this and it takes this trident right to the face and it just rips off half of its head and comes sailing back to you as its body just falls into the pit and the people <laughs> cheer and you have defeated my monsters we are out of initiative I'm going to, like, point my trident into the ground and, like, step on it to, like, take, like, the head bits off of my trident. 
Yeah, it just squelches off. Like, this yellowy liquid is all over all of you. And you just take this piece off. And the people are all screaming in the pit, Please let us out! Please! Okay, so it's time to control water again. And then raise the water. Yeah. <laughs> Drown. <laughs> How about we wash the people off with that? Are, are they all in cages or what? What was it again? It's like a little pit that's down there. Uh, there's a ramp that leads down to a little door that you could access. Like this place is all surrounded by barbed wire, this pit. So you could easily just go down this ramp and unlock it from your side. Do they look hurt, Lucas? Yeah. They look more starved and exhausted, if anything. Okay. Like, their clothes are torn up. They look disheveled. There are bags under their eyes. Open it up. Uh, who opens it? I'll, I'll open it up. So, MZ, you open up, like, this rusted gate. And these people all just keep thanking you as they're leaving. And they're just getting the hell out of here. And they're like, thank you, thank you so much, thank you. And they're all fleeing as fast as they can. And one woman, she looks like she's in a, this really fine noble's military outfit. She stops before leaving and turns to all of you. What's your names? We are the Death Shift. The, the Reborn. Is that what was it again? <laughs> Death Shift the Reborn. Yeah, the Reborn. <laughs> Oh, so you're Death Shift, not the Reborn. I, I understand. <laughs> uh, she nods at all of you. Thank you, Death Shift, for what you've done here today. I'll, I'll yell back and I'll say, wait, who are you? Just before she turns to go, she looks at you, MZ. My name is Olivia Stormhawk. My family are some of the most high-up members of Sanctuary's Navy. We will not forget this, Death Shift. You've done Sanctuary a great service. Now I must go and make sure these people all get home safely. But thank you, till we meet again. And she takes off down the hall after the people. You just hear them all clambering. And looking down into this this pit, it's disgusting. There's a lot of refuse all over. You look at the other end of the room and you see this hobbled together door. It looks like just planks of wood are just put together to form this really makeshift doorway. Well, I guess it's time to see what's behind door number three. Yeah. I don't know about you guys, but should we check this room out and then take a short rest? Like, how's everyone doing? Like, How can we rest... But it's just full of shit. Well, <laughs> but would like how can you rest in a place like this? Like like seriously speaking, I don't think. Just flip the uh -huh. mattress over. It's probably cleaner. Oh, uh, I have a question about the passage of time. Has it been like an hour since uh, we climbed in through the hatch, like in the little fish marketplace thing? Honestly, you've been here for maybe 10 minutes. Okay. Like, Never you mind. all came in here, kicked in a few doors, <laughs> killed a bunch of people, and looked in a couple rooms. Like, it, it has not been long. I mean, this sounds like enough for one day. I think we go back to the inn and uh, pick this one back up tomorrow, boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boys, let's go. Smoke chips. Let them recuperate, and maybe we'll have a challenge. Uh. You have a point. I haven't heard too many 10-minute songs out there. Okay, <laughs> yeah. uh, I'll open this door. You open this shabby door and look in there, and it looks like it's just a refuse pit. Like, they just throw everything down there. Okay. And make me a perception check. 16. 
MZ, you notice the glint of a ring down in this gooey pile. Oh, my precious. Precious. Yeah. Yeah, it starts whispering to you and just says kill them all. Okay. <laughs> I, I put it on. <laughs> yeah, seems like a great idea. Ronnie gives you a thumbs up. <laughs> um, I will grab the ring. So this is a little bit into the pit, so I will need either an athletics or an acrobatics as you have to really reach in there to grab it. Oh, it's in the pit. Yeah, it's like sitting in this gunk, but you do see it on the top. I thought it was behind the door. It's just a different kind of pit behind there. Oh, okay, I thought it was like the first pit. It's like where they throw all the garbage and fecal matter and stuff. Like a host thing, basically. Uh, 13. So you're reaching in, but like the sides of this are really wet and grimy, and your hand slips. And when you hit into this disgusting pit, it like congeals around you, and you feel yourself slowly getting sucked into it. You have one hand around this ring, and your other hand is reached out. And Draxir, you saw him fall in, and Ronnie and Bordon, you definitely heard him. I'm gonna immediately run up and try to like help him out. Alright, I need you to make me an athletics check because you gotta pull MZO because it's almost like it's sucking him in. Oh god. That's a 14. Okay, and MZ, make me an athletics check because you are also trying to get out of this. 21. So when you're pulling him out, there's like a. <laughs> as he gets pulled out of this gunk. And it's so bad. When MZ comes out, like, he's covered basically from his shoulders down, and he just falls onto the ground, and you all smell this, and it's so bad. And looking over at him, uh, you see he has this little ring in his hand. MZ, you look at it, and it's this ring with, like, a, a few engravings of some feathers, but the smell is overwhelming, especially for you, because you are surrounded by this. I think we should wash... MZ and the ring and everything else. Uh. Yeah, he needs to go for a swim for sure. For now, until I know what this ring is and we can give it to the appropriate person, um, I'll just put it in my pocket. Oh, Lucas! Like, inside... Okay, so this will sound extremely awkward. But... Mm -hmm. Is it just, like, shit? Or just, like, rotten food inside of this pit? Uh, like, all the above. Oh, the, oh, shit. Okay. Because otherwise I was, I was just going to purify food. So, I mean, you know, I can't do that. Pur purify uh, food and water. Yeah. So, then it would be just like, you know, a bunch of food. I'm, I'm guessing this item would have to attune to someone too. Like, it wouldn't just be put it on and work. Yeah, this needs to be attuned. So, you need to spend like a short rest and just kind of focus on it. Okay. Uh, and what about the rest of you, like Borodon and Ronnie? What are you up to right now? I guess I'm just hanging out. Just kind of tending to those wounds? Nobody got hit. I didn't get hit, so I'm actually <laughs> just spinning my revolver on my on my uh, fingers here. Uh, real bad job. And I, I give up. I should just make everything <laughs> fucking auto-hit from here on out. I took one hit, and I'm I'm okay. I've rolled so bad. Like, I've rolled two ones with advantage. <laughs> I'm just going to yeah. start making every door trapped. Like, I don't know. And then off of those two misses, I also rolled 95%. Like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, goddamn God of War Drax here, and it's fucking War Machine just critically, like, mad. I say if we're all good, like, let's let's go check out this area now. I think so, too. 
No, I'm not good though, because like I have no spells left. Oh, okay. Is there a mechanic where I could like just carry Ronnie while he sleeps? That oh. would not be a restful sleep. Ronnie, <laughs> you need eight hours to get your spells back. I can sleep anywhere. <laughs> That's my new character trait. I give myself enough disadvantages. Yeah, like, bards ought to be good at sleeping on the road, right? Listen, I won't deny that Ronnie <laughs> will indeed sleep while you hold him. Yeah, I know. But I will tell you that he needs eight hours to get those spells back. <laughs> what if... Oh, hey, I got an idea. Wait, I got an idea. Wait, I got an idea. I want to take a really short rest, and I want Borodon to use his time magic to make an eight-hour rest. I don't think that's how it Ooh. works. No, let's <laughs> not do that. I'm okay with that. Yeah, try it. Let's see it. <laughs> Can we? Yeah, not? and then I unleash the horrors, you know, like the horrors, onto this world just because you want to oh sleep for ten minutes. <laughs> just yeah. because Ronnie wants a quick nap, <laughs> yeah. little, little nappy time in time and space. I'm gonna go back into the previous room and shut that single door. Okay. And then I'm gonna come back into the room that has the pit that we're all in. And I'm going to shut the double door Yeah. that had that bell trap on it. And then I'm going to try to reset that bell trap. And I ask Kemzi, what are you doing? Like, this doesn't make any sense. I'm going res- to reset this trap so that we can get eight hours of rest and you guys, we can all get our spells back. Why would we sleep in shit? I mean, we can just leave this area and sleep outside. Or... Just a small tangent here, this is actually, like, indicative of real people. Like, we actually build our bedrooms in houses close to where the washrooms are, so we sleep close to where we shit. Yeah, I mean, sure. Even though I agree with your point of view, it's literally just shit. Like, like the room. What do I have to roll? Kill. (laughs) 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 <laughs> can I play him a can I play him a tying song? I got a fourteen. I, I'm leaving. <laughs> no, I'm leaving this room. I'm going back to <laughs> No. You're going to the shit room? <laughs> no no no. <laughs> okay. Wait, 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 wait. Alright, so MZ, you tie this bell up and Bordon, do you just leave? Bordon just slams through it. <laughs> I mean <laughs> wait wait. <laughs> So you're going to stay in room two, or are you going to stay lying the pit full of shit? This room is actually the safest room we can be in, though, right now. I mean, I'm just going with the flow now. Yeah, whatever. This is safer than an inn, because we're going to, like... Yeah. (laughs) If we left, there'd be, like, guys who might be looking for us. We've been adventuring for, like, an hour tops, including the whole fish market thing, but... (laughs) I'm going to cast Lesser Restoration on Borodon. So now he's not... Yeah, now he feels good and the smell isn't uh, affecting him as much. It still stinks, but it's not uh, making him queasy anymore. Yeah, he's no longer sickened. Oh, hey, uh, you know what I'm going to do? Also, uh, I want to do... Prestidigitation on the other side. Can I do prestidigitation on the other side of the door? What are you trying to do? Minor illusion and uh, make it look like a wall. Oh, it might not be big enough. This is a double door, yeah. And then I go into this corner and I throw my bag on the ground 
and I use it as a pillow. Oh my god. I'm just gonna walk, like, into the pit and just, like, sit right here. Never mind, this doesn't last very long. Okay, never mind. Never mind. Just so that we're clear, because I want to be on the same page as all of you, you want to hang out in this pit for eight hours to get some rest? No. I want. I want to leave. (laughs) It's full of shit. I mean, none of this makes any sense because we were in hot pursuit of cultists. Yeah, exactly! And then we went off to the side temporarily, <laughs> and now we're going to get an eight-hour sleep. But I don't know. I guess that makes sense. The only thing they have to do is just flood this room to kill us all. Then let's go back to the inn. Yeah, I mean, there is zero point of us just staying in a room full of shit. Well, that's what I said before. I know I wanted to go. <laughs> I told Ezzy, boy, let's get the fuck out of here. It wasn't even Ron is having better ideas than MZ. <laughs> this fucking I, guy. I, I can't believe. I can't believe. <laughs> 2020, year of the rat, year of the Ronnie. Let's go, Ronnie. You make the decisions now. What do you want to do? Because I can't leave that on my MZ's hand anymore. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> 2020, you're the Ronnie, you're the Ronnie. <laughs> Let's do this. Oh my god. Uh, what are you all doing? <laughs> I'm not staying, you know, like in the hugest bathroom I've ever been. Well, I'm gonna go into the pit with Uhtred and just start repairing Uhtred because apparently we're sleeping for eight hours, so. Oh, okay. And so, Ronnie and Bordon, <laughs> you're just leaving? Yeah, I'm leaving. Oh my think, god. Yeah, let's go back. Let's what go happened? Back. Let's play the party. Are you guys actually going? Okay, I, I will also leave then. I'm out of here. MZ, are you going with them? Because it looks like they're leaving. Is everyone just going to leave me here? <laughs> Why do you want to sleep right now? <laughs> no. MZ cannot sleep because he cannot sleep through that prince's woes. I I think we sh- okay. Uh, I don't know why we're staying here because uh, I think it's like time to get paid. We already freed a bunch of dudes. Um, uh, I think we killed the rest, so we should maybe go and like. We still have we still have stuff to explore, but we need to get your spells back. Yeah, they don't know that. You know, I mean, <laughs> we don't need we don't need Ronis' spells. Okay, we can just. Search for, like, this next room, you know, like, the room to the right? Like, this room right in front of us? Yeah, across a little intersection. Yeah. Literally, it's literally ten seconds of walking. And then we open the door. (laughs) Yeah, let's see if we find more deep ones and get to the bottom of this. Like, the whole reason why we're in here right now. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I go and I, I kick this door open. So you leave the pit room and the bell jingles while you go on through. I got a I got a twenty one on a strength check to boot this door open. So you go through that room and the bell jingles and you get into the room with all the beds and the two dark mantles, you march angrily through there into the intersection and you see the door across the way is wide open. <laughs> oh it's wide open? Yeah. Well then I just walk in. Wait, did we just not look at it before? No, it's almost like there was a fucking group of adventurers that came down, slaughtered 40 people, went into another room, blew a bunch of shit up, and shattered at each other for 10 minutes. Okay, so 10 minutes have passed. Have I rested? <laughs> no, it takes eight hours. All right, so 
Uh, and so you, oh, fuck. So you walk across the intersection and go into this other room that you wanted to check out. So looking into this room, it is actually fairly dry. As you see, the walls are lined with shelves of books. There's an overstuffed chair with a table with a few books on top of it and one book that's open on there. And you see right across the other side of this room, there is another door. Strength check. I got a 16 to boot that other door open. So you just <laughs> kick it yeah. open. And looking in here, uh, you see a number of beds. While it is far from luxury, you at least is very well lit, very dry, and there is no unpleasant smell in here. 100% less shit. <laughs> and there is a larder tucked away in the corner, and you see there's a little countertop and a stove with it looks like a little pipe must be leading outside. You see these eight beds are all neatly put together, and they have chests at the end of them. And there is a table with some dice and a couple more books, a few chairs. And on the other side of this room is another door. Stop kicking doors, Zimzy. 17. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Why are you so pissed? I'm going full CSI here. Lucas, I'm getting... I'm getting real fired up by all this door kicking, and I just slap that book right <laughs> off the table. Oh my god. <laughs> Ronnie slaps this book off the table. You can see a letter fall out of it. <laughs> I learned a thing or two about letters, uh, and I tear that shit to pieces. <laughs> Oh, so oh. Alright, one sec. So as Ronnie picks up the letter and it's like, yeah, fuck letters. Oh no. So MZ kicks in the door and this smell hits all of you, just like stopping you all dead in your tracks as this grotesque scene is displayed before you. There are four operating tables in this room with numerous pieces of equipment all around, different tools. You see there's a lot of different vials and uh, things that are set at like each of these tables. The bodies on top of these tables have their chest cavities split open as their bodies are wildly twitching. You see on each of their left hands is the symbol, the same symbol you all have, and it is crawled up their arm, over their chest, and you're watching as it is going up their neck and onto their skull. And you're just looking around this weird disgusting lab has been set up down here. I, uh, I shut the door. <laughs> this is my hole. It was made for me, and I crawl inside. <laughs> you just close the door? Yeah, I close the door, and I look at Borrowed On. You go to close the door, but it doesn't close properly, because uh, someone seemed to have kicked it in. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah. So that, that's in, like, the the furthest room we've opened, right? That's right, and since we had a, a lot going on, you saw the, just quick recap, there are four bodies, chest cavities ripped open, all of them are twitching on these tables, and they have the same symbol you all have, it's up their arm, over their chest, and it's pretty much already covering their heads. Okay, if I walk up behind them, can I see, like, a reasonable amount of this to be suspicious of it? Yeah, for sure. I'm gonna, I'm gonna walk in that room, and I'm gonna do an investigation check to see if I can figure out what's going on with this, whatever's this is okay roll investigation i got a natural 20 they are all clearly dying for their third time and are about to become corrupted you already see the egg stacks are starting to form on all of them 
Uh, guys, we either gotta prepare to fight or get the hell out of here. They're going to become corrupted soon. Just, just leave me here, uh, just for a moment. Because I will slow time, and then it will actually slow, hopefully, like the process. Because I don't want you guys to get slowed by it. And then you guys figure out a way, like, if we're going to run away or if we're going to, like, kill them. But, like, I think I should just slow time. Uh, Ronnie, did you rip up that letter while they're all talking? I really want to rip up that letter. <sighs> okay, fine. <laughs> but I throw it over my shoulder. So, Ronnie, you were so gung-ho and ready to rip up this letter, and that smell hit you within the gross scene. So you just throw this over your shoulder. Uh, and Enzi, what are you up to? I'm going to have uh, Drax's back here. So you're just kind of watching over this whole situation? Yeah. Already in action. So if one of them gets up to grab him, it's just like it, it's on. So you see these uh, egg sacs have formed completely over all four bodies. And Drax here, one thing you notice with that investigation check, you see these little posters on the side of the wall. They look like uh, instructions, and it is like instructions on creating these creatures, these giant Shoggoth that had attacked New Dawn and helped destroy it. Oh, God. I, I don't really know what that implies for us, I guess. Um... Yeah, these things may be as powerful as those Shoggoth that I heard about. You mean like these guys in, the, in this room? Yeah. Okay, so what are we doing here? Well, do we try to slay them before they turn? If we even can? I don't think unleashing them like into town is going to be a very wise thing. Yeah. Is there a torch? Yeah, there's torches all around, but they are just green glowing moss. Oh. I asked the group if somebody found something that could help us, you know, figure out a way for us to deal with this situation. Uh, I think we're gonna have to kill them. We can't let this go into the town. Yes, I agree. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what to do other than just like hack and slash at them. I think we just try to mutilate them. We can try to... Oh... Are they inside the cocoon already, Lucas? Yep. All four of them, you can hear these bones crunching and reforming inside these sacks. Here's what I'm thinking. We don't want to unleash them on the town, and the longer we wait, I'm going to guess they become more powerful when they finish this transformation. So let's just do what we can to destroy them now and hope that that's good enough. Okay. And I'm just going to take my trident and start stabbing into them. I instruct Uhtred to bite them open and... So Draxir, you just start going up to these things and just ripping into them. You're just systematically just killing the things inside as they're shrieking and pushing out of this thick membrane. And it does not take much time at all before you've killed all four. That was easy. May they rest in peace. I don't know, I checked the room. Like I investigate the room. Uh, which room? Because you guys have just skipped through a few. <laughs> No, no, sorry, the room uh, with the bodies. Roll me an investigation. Uh, can I use my medicine? Like, since the room is full of, I don't know, medical equipment or... Definitely, yeah. So I got 17 in total. 
So Bordon, you start looking through this area and Draxir hands you one of the pictures that has this information. And you're looking and this is definitely the instructions on creating the Shoggoth. There's the massive rituals and sacrifices needed. And you see one thing that stands out to you and it says, the touch of the idiot god. And you're looking and it's describing an ability that when this Shoggoth kills someone, it doesn't just kill them, it erases them. And that's when it clicks. Those people in New Dawn, not the ones that were killed by Doran's meteor like Doomsayer, Sven, but the other soldiers. You can't remember names. You can't remember faces. You knew some of these people. You've passed some of them. Maybe you made some small talk, but you can't remember a single face. Even looking back on these vivid memories that only happened two weeks ago, not a single face is clear in your memory of any of those people killed by a Shoggoth. So they are being, like, removed from time. Yep, it seems that way. Oh, fuck. Okay, so I, I tell the group that. We were dealing with the same thing with uh, Aaron Bordeaux, weren't we? Yes. But remember, everything was, like, disappearing in the papers and everything like that. And... Mm. It's all coming together. <laughs> oh my goodness. Also, okay, so can I find something else, like something <clears throat> useful in there? So, looking around this room, you're just kind of going through some drawers and stuff. You actually find two potions of neutralized poison in here. Okay. Nice. And uh, looking over at the rest of this stuff, like it, you see, like there's just more notes on rituals, on, on creating those creatures. And uh, you can tell that whoever was in here before you guys got in here, they must have just killed these people that they were operating on and took off. And you find some of their notes, and it looks like they were trying to create their own chosen. They were trying to experiment with these symbols and try to create some sort of parasitic beings. So it's just like an artificial parasite. They're all real parasites. Like these were chosen that were captured and they've just been studying them and trying to see what makes them tick. Oh, I know this will sound horrible, but do they have like the equipment close by? No, you don't see any equipment in here. I'm going to try it to see if I can find like identifying things about them. Sure. I'll just, I don't know if that's any, like an investigation or if I can see anything. Yeah, roll an investigation. So, uh, 13. So you're looking through all this, like, kind of trying to move aside the membrane and stuff. It's hard to determine really anything on them because they're all mutated so heavily. But one thing you think you can determine is it looks like they were all of elven lineage. You know, the only other thing that's discernible is the symbol on them. Okay. So I feel way more relieved that they're, like, barely recognizable as people because it's not like I just murdered people. So while this is happening, MZ and Ronnie, what are each of you doing? Yeah, I'm still in this other room the with with the book. Okay, so you're like in that little library sort of area? In the little library, just leaning back, because I'm real tired. I used up all my spells. Yeah, they're like, they have some big overstuffed chairs, so you're just sitting in one of those. Yeah, just, just kind of sitting. Are you just strumming or trying to take your time to relax? No, just napping. Eyes closed, head back, napping. Uh, MZ, what are you doing? While I, while they're doing their thing in that laboratory sacrificial chamber place, I will go to the same room that Ronnie was in 
and I'll start combing through the books and everything like that and see see what all is in here. Yeah, roll me an investigation check. Uh, I just got a natural 20. So you're looking through this area, like combing through the books, looking around, when you notice a letter on the ground. You walk on over, open it up. It looks like it was hastily scrawled. It's just one large sheet, so you pull it out and unfold it. And on it, it says... It would appear these chosen are linked to another cosmic being, one, though, that continues to evade us. I've informed the Holy Emissary, Father Matthews, of this, and it seemed to infuriate him. How could such a divine being get so angry? He kept shouting, He has never played a hand before. He always just watches watches until it's too late for you to realize that he's already consumed you and everything around you in his precious realm. And then he screamed that he would break that foolish city and the little playthings. Please let the shining god protect us from this terror that could inspire such feelings of an all-powerful divine being such as Father Matthews. As you turn the page this is written on, you realize there's something actually drawn on the other side. You flip it over and find a flyer that says, Come one, come all, to the glorious showing of a king in yellow. This transformative play will take you places your mind has never even dreamed of as you see the fate of royalty who believe they are greater than a god. On the poster, you see a painting of an old-looking city built on the sides of a large hill, and painted on the lake near it is a symbol almost identical to the ones in your left hand. You see this listing of towns that they're visiting along with tour dates, and it appears that there is a date that is only a little bit time, maybe a week and a half away from today. All I can really think of when I read that is the truth. That's what sort of pops into my head. Yeah. I will hang on to that until Borodon and uh, Drax are done in there. So Borodon and Drax here finish up. It takes them a little bit, but they march through the little kitchenette and come over to the library where you're all at. I'll give them the the letter. You all look wide-eyed at this poster as your hands are somewhat shaking, realizing... This is indeed the symbol you all have, and written in large yellow font is a king in yellow. Meanwhile, back at the Chosen's headquarters. Ah, Elwyn. Just who I was looking for. Ah, Diona. What is it I can help you with? Um... Can we go talk in your office? 
Of course, come with me. Is this concerning one of the Chosen? Elsar, I take it? Yeah, I just, uh, would rather not have prying ears, you know? Of course. Make yourself comfortable. Thanks. Well, I need to take Kelsar on a mission. You remember Dan and Chenille? Well, we located where they should be. It's on another world, but I think with the Silver Shield tech I can get us there. You're aware of how difficult it is to travel with these symbols. Most of us can't make it to another realm. Very difficult. Yeah, I was thinking about that. We have some of the most advanced portal tech, aside from the Gith, of course. We think we could probably get them there. Though, you would have to go alone. And it's going to be pretty dangerous. Is this completely necessary? You understand how important it is to have Kelsar here, fighting these battles. Yeah, I do understand. But this is important, not just to me, but this is important to Kalsar as well. Dan and Chenille are close to him. He didn't always get along with Dan. Uh, they would sometimes butt heads, but he tried to look out from what he could. And Chenille... Well, it's complicated with Chenille, but Kelsar's always, always been close to her one way or another. What do you mean complicated? The Silver Shield made it complicated. It was pretty cut and dry for a while. I don't really want to dig into that right now, though. Alright. So if we send Kelsar on this mission, a dangerous mission to another world by himself. Is he actually going to be okay? Is he going to make it? It sounds like this is high, high risk. It is. And I think he could do it. The kid's strong. Ellie's got a god in his head and he hasn't crumbled under the weight. But... I'm not gonna lie, this is dangerous. It's possible he won't make it back, but... Kalsar finds out that he could've went, and he could've saved Dan and Schneel and brought them back. It would eat him up inside, and he would end up getting killed on the field anyways. So you're saying... Either... He goes out there has a chance of success, or we don't let him go, and it could end up leading to his death. Damned if you do, damned if you don't. Yeah. Does the Silver Shield know about this? Can they not send operatives out there to go collect Dan and Chenille? Uh, 
Well, I already kind of filled you in on the Silver Shield situation. Our operatives we sent out was me, Dan, and Chenille. Uh, we don't really have any other field agents. There's a bunch of trainees back at the headquarters. Some high-ranking paladins. Hyphen. And his ilk. But there's not much of us. Uh, maybe 40 people. I don't think they would make it, and I don't think they would send them out there to rescue, too. Since a story has been in this coma, this job has been hell. I don't know how she did it. Her and Sven kept this place together. Doomsayer kept the hunters under control. Now it's all falling on me. Oldrich and Riley are not caught up. <sighs> this is just one more straw for the camel's back. I know this isn't a great situation for you, but I figured I would tell you now, rather than sneak it past you and you finding out the hard way. No, I appreciate you telling me. I do, but... Death Shift's important. You realize this. We have invested a lot of resources. We are out of an army. Our army is decimated. Our best soldiers gone. Our strongest arcane force is in a coma. We are running thin. We have three or four groups we have out there. Three or four? You don't know. I say that because one's been missing for a bit now. A group of elves that we had sent out to check out Arkham, but we haven't heard back in a while. The rest of our people are playing defense. We're just doing everything we can to keep Waterdeep, Koromir, and Sanctuary from being flooded. Baldur's Gate as well. We're stretched thin, and Dorum knows it, but Dorum has no more forces. But this cult, this cult is growing on my nerves. They keep popping up everywhere. They've been hiding low, but there's always one or two of them somewhere. There's been word that there's been heavy cult activity up near Waterdeep, but none of us know. We haven't heard much from our chosen operatives in Waterdeep either. All right. Well, how about this? If you let me take Kelsar to this place, I'll bring the rest of the Silver Shield back. We can be an offensive group for you. We can look into things for you. We could be another task force that you can send out. We are trained to deal with these aberrations and fight otherworldly beings. Think about it. This is another task force you could use, and you desperately need reinforcements right now. Alright. What can you tell me about this planet anyways? I got some basic intel from the archives. 
place is called Gallus. Used to be a pretty technologically advanced planet. All human, strangely enough. They ran quite a well-organized world government. And it looked like a cult came in. I don't know if it was the Shining God cult or another one. Regardless, it led to the place being overrun with these cultists. Everybody jumped on it. They're bringing them clean new energy sources, new tech. Everybody loved them. Chosen were there as well. But the cultists managed to sway the public opinion that the Chosen were evil. And you can imagine what happened after that. They butchered them in the streets. I know. I was on another planet that did the same. This isn't my first Mythos War. It's just the worst one I've been in yet. Really? Though there's been more than one. From our estimate, there's been hundreds. They happen... every hundred years or so? Maybe thousand? I'm not sure. Time has... lost a lot of meaning... after a while. Well... I looked into this and... Uh, the cult gained political favor. Ended up using a huge ritual. Used a bunch of their atomic weapons. Ended up summoning uh, one of the Elder Evils. Looks like... The whole place was wiped out. They have small pockets of resistances. Some people have survived. It looks like arcane energy is ripped right through there. A lot of people were transformed into different races. They don't understand what these races are, anything like that. It was just a planet full of humans. They probably thought it was all fairy tale. Now they're dealing with magic. They're dealing with transformations and they're dealing with monsters. And that's where Dan and Chenille are and that's where we have to send Kelsar. So we're sending Kelstar to a doomed world. Yeah. The doomed world where Arkham went back to. What? Yeah. Uh, this just keeps getting better and better. You better know what you're doing, Diurna. I cannot have Kelsar killed on my watch. Don't worry. He's a tough kid. He'll get through this. Let's hope so. Well, now that was something, travelers. Like, really something. Like, hot. Damn that. Oh, my goodness. The king in yellow. Oh, you know, it's funny, because, like, I've experienced these moments already, right? But because of the magic of the inn, and the fact that I forget when I leave, and all that, you know, it's very difficult to remember this tale when I'm not actually here at a, a ley line of some kind. It's just, oh, it, it always catches me by surprise, even while I'm the one saying it. It's, oh my goodness. 
Well, travelers, I hope you had a good time. We we saw them argue quite a bit, which is classic. There were some pretty funny moments, and uh, oh, oh wow, it's all coming together, huh? Goodness. Well, travelers, I hope you're staying safe out there and taking care of one another. Remember, we love you here from the the Ballad of the Seven Dice. We all want to make sure that you're all safe, so make sure to take care of yourself whenever you can. I know it's difficult out there. Well, I can't wait to talk to all of you again, travelers, even though you just kind of float there in chairs and I can see right through your being and you don't have a distinguishable face or really any features at all aside from the fact that you're humanoid, I think. Sometimes you have like a third arm, I don't know. But, you know, it's, a, it's always great to see you. Uh, well, travelers... I'm gonna go check out the attic, because I thought I had a bunch of wrestling up there. But you all stay safe out there. I bid you all, bid you. Introducing Tales of the Voidfarer. Join the spacefaring adventures of a group of misfits in this D&D 5th edition podcast inspired by the 2nd edition setting, Spelljammer. My name's Marco Astorio. My character is a Gith Yankee. My character is a Doar. Adorable little penguin people. You're ravenous, right? Yes, I, 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 and you are. I, it's a pleasure to meet you. My name's Luckby Cumble. My name is Captain Valeria Rain, and welcome aboard the Voidfarer. Luckbeak, Ravnus, come on! <laughs> There's so much to see over here! Catch new episodes of Tales of the Voidfarer every other Tuesday, wherever you get your podcast fix. <laughs> that's funny. Wait, did you just hmm? say that's funny and not laugh, Ravnus? We really have to work on your social skills. <laughs>